Welcome to the Series 6 Exam Prep, podcast lessons for the FINRA Series 6 Exam. This podcast is to assist you in preparing for the FINRA Series 6 Exam. Well, what is the FINRA Series 6 Exam? The FINRA Series 6 Exam is an exam for those who wish to sell investment company products. It's much different from the Series 7 exam, which is the General Securities Representative exam. Typically, this is an entry-level exam that allows you to sell basically mutual funds and investment company products, and as such, is a much easier exam to pass than the Series 7 exam. Now, concurrent with taking this exam, you must also pass the Securities Industries Essentials exam. In reality, you should take the Securities Industries Essentials exam before you take the Series 6 exam. It will help prepare you for the exam. This podcast is going to give you sample portions of the lessons contained in the full bundle of audio lessons for the Series 6 exam prep, audio lessons for the FINRA Series 6 exam. This is an audio course of 8 hours and 44 minutes in length, and there are 20 individual lessons in the full bundle of audio lessons. The full bundle of audio lessons is available at Series 6, and that's the number 6, Lessons.com. Again, www.series6lessons.com. If you like the samples that you're hearing here, and if you would like to try four full-length audio lessons, you can go to the website and sign up to receive the four full sample lessons to help determine if you think these audio lessons would be valuable for you. All right, enough of an introduction. Let's get on to this sample lesson. This is a sample of lesson number five, Mutual Funds Part 2. The full audio lesson is 26 minutes and 38 seconds. Welcome to this lesson about the FINRA Series 6 exam. This is Unit 2, Part 4, and in this lesson we will be talking about the following things. In this lesson we're still talking about evaluates customers' financial information, identifies investment objectives, provides information on investment products, and makes suitable recommendations. So let's go ahead and get started. At the end I'll give you a chance, as always, to go ahead and... Test yourself, see how well you're doing, and if you do well, then you can move on, and if not, you probably need to review what we've already talked about. So let's go ahead and get started. So the first term that I want to talk about is called a fund of funds. So that's a a good term to know. It's about, so we're talking about mutual funds, and it is a mutual fund that holds shares of many other funds. So it's a mutual fund of mutual funds. So that's what's known as a fund of funds. So that's a good one to know. We also have a term called a principal protected fund. So a principal protected fund is one where these funds are focused on protecting the investor's principal. They may take steps to keep everything as stable as possible. They can be quite expensive because they have to do all sorts of things in order to keep it stable. 
And so that's a principal protected fund, something else you might hear. So those are just a couple other types of mutual funds that we didn't mention in the last lesson. So I want to change gears a little bit and talk about a prospectus, what that is. Every mutual fund is going to come with a prospectus. So that, that is basically something that is going to talk to you a lot about the sort of the terms and conditions of your mutual fund. They can help you understand the strategy that the mutual fund employs such and on things like what kind of investments are they going after? You can talk about, yeah, just the, the history of it, some of the past performance, so on and so forth. But um, it's a good place to start when you want to start uh, comparing mutual funds to each other. So that if you want to say, well, this one looks like it's more of what I want to do, or, oh, this one doesn't look like such a good fit, and so on and so forth. So that's um, what a prospectus does. They often show the historical performance of the fund over time. They usually have graphs and charts and ways to say, hey, this is how it's, this is how it's gone over time. And the, hopefully they are trying to entice you with what might come in the future. So, but they also have to always put a disclaimer on that. They can't, they have to say past results are not predictive of future results. So they have to make it very clear just because it has done well in the past doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to do amazing in the future, but it could. So they, they use this as sort of a, a marketing tool, but they also have to put that disclaimer on there saying, well, still buy everywhere. It's not our fault if you invest in this and then something unforeseen happens and uh, the, the fund doesn't perform as well right now as it has in the past. So that's what that means. All funds have different expenses that are usually deducted from the proceeds. So there are different fees and expenses that you are required to take on. And usually you know, you'll make some proceeds from your fund and then they'll just take those off the top before you get it. So it's not something you have to pay additional, you just take it from the proceeds. Some funds have a sales expense or other different kinds of expenses, so like an expense for when you sell it, you have to then pay. This is all detailed in the prospectus. You will find all of those things in the prospectus. So the mutual fund has different ways that you can get money from it. The first is called capital appreciation. And capital appreciation happens when a mutual fund increases in value. The mutual fund will pay out a dividend on all the stock and bonds that are part of the fund. They also give you capital gains dividends to stockholders if they can. So after fulfilling these requirements, the fund is then compared to where it was when it started to calculate the net asset value. So if you start at $15 per share and you end up at $17 per share, that is a $2 capital appreciation. You also have to take into account any applicable taxes. So just remember that. When we're talking about fees, there's different ways that shares can be classified uh, as to the, the fees that are charged when we're talking about mutual funds. The first are A shares, which charge fees up front. So when you're getting them, they charge fees. Then we have B shares, which charge you fees when you sell. So just on the other end of things, some funds charge you a percentage fee called a 12B-1 fee. 
C shares do not charge an upfront fee, but they have a high 12B-1 fee. So that's kind of, you pay that periodic as part of your expenses. So A shares are best for mutual funds that are going to be long-term and that are over $50,000. So if you have long-term funds, it's good to go ahead and just pay it up front and then let it grow. And then you don't have to pay on the back end. B shares are best for mid or long terms that have a smaller investment. So typically under $50,000. So those are the ones that charge you as you sell. And then if you have a C share, you want to have a short term investment that has less than $500,000. So these C shares, you're going to get these fees. So you don't want those being charged those fees over and over again over a long period of time, but you have a if it's a short window, it, you can take advantage of the fact that you don't have to pay upfront. So that is the advantage there. Next, I'd like to talk a little bit about breakpoints. So the more you invest, the more you can qualify for what is called a breakpoint, which is a reduction in the sales charge. So it's kind of a bulk discount where if you invest up to a certain point, then you say, oh, we're going to lower your fee. You get up to the next level. Oh, we're going to lower your fee even more. The more you invest, the more you can save based on the different breakpoints. So the breakpoint is the level at which you must invest in, in order to qualify for the discount. So when you want to cash in your shares, this is known as redeeming your shares. When you do this, you get the NAV per share minus any charges if they are A shares. So remember those A shares you have to pay on the back end when you sell. This will require a signature under certain conditions. If the redemption is over $75,000, if the redemption is to someone other than the registered shareholder, or if the redemption is... Thank you again for listening to this sample portion of the full lesson. If you found this lesson valuable, please go to the website, series6lessons.com, and that series, the number 6, lessons.com. At the website, you will find a link to purchase the full series of audio lessons if you found this to be valuable to you. Also at the website, you can sign up to get four full-length sample lessons. Best of luck in your studies.